0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hello and welcome to season three of Squawk 7000. It's great to be back with you with more aviation news and conversations with people who share a passion for flying. In this episode, we meet with some of the pilots of TikTok and YouTube. And this gang of pilots have over a quarter of a million followers on social media between them. You'll find links to their sites and videos and their weekly online chats on Squawk Talk in the programme notes for this episode. Like and subscribe to them and, of course, to us as well. So, take us with you on your walk or drive or settle back and enjoy this chat that really could have gone in any direction. Let's say hello to some of the gentlemen who have joined us this evening, and that is Dan, Mikey, James, and Rich. You're all very welcome. And welcome to Squawk 7000. Thanks for having (laughs) us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. Dan, let me go to you then, and the idea of you all coming together on social media and TikTok. I'm I'm sure there's a couple of pilots out there who are going, what's this TikTok (laughs) thing? I thought that was for dancing.
3: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, and that that was my initial force as well. When um, I joined TikTok, during the first part of the pandemic, um as something to, you know, um just troll. I have been on Instagram uh for quite a while. Um and uh I hadn't really sort of touched YouTube even, to be honest, Only, only briefly um on YouTube, but mainly on Instagram was where I was. And um how I got into TikTok was um the wife said you should try tiktok you know in the same responses that uh, you michael i said like, well isn't that for people that dance and uh and if if anybody's seen me dance then it's definitely not recommended um so i um i said okay well you know i'll i'll humor her and uh i'll set up a tiktok account under the same handle uh fly uk and i started posting some videos and uh yeah the surprise to me was oh my word uh actually there's a good response here and the views uh, you know, a, a rocketing compared to what you'd, you had know, the same content on Instagram was getting 10, 20 times in the early days. Anyway. Um, yes. You know, sort of during the pandemic uh, was getting 10, 20 times the, uh, the the amount of views than it would on something like Instagram. Mm. Uh, so that's sort of obviously as it would, uh, I thought, well, this is actually okay. You know, and I think uh, probably all of us had similar experiences on, on TikTok uh, in, in the, in the chat uh, now. And that's how it started. Progressed, and, um, and, you know, obviously you get to then meet other accounts like, uh, you know, like James and Rich and, uh, Mike, you are on, um, the, the, the talk today. And, uh, and that's how it all really started. So yeah, nothing, nothing more than that. So.
2: And Rich, I think you've already declared that you probably have, uh, the, the, the most flying on the clock at this stage of, of the gang. How did they get you roped into this?
1: Um, so uh, it's similar sort of thing, really. So it's the first pandemic, you know. It was just looking at ways of being able to share uh, my aviation passion. And the thing that I liked about um, TikTok was it reached a a wider audience, whereas Instagram is very sort of much linked to who your uh, friend network already is, whereas TikTok seems to sort of be able to reach a bit beyond that. And it was really interesting to be able to get um, comments and feedback and responses from people that – you know, I've never met before. Other side of the world that were really interested in finding out about aviation, and that was that was one of the things that I particularly liked about it. And I was able to share um, some of my experience uh, over my thirty odd years of flying,
2: so, which is really good. <laughs> uh, on your on your YouTube site, uh, just having a look at some of the stuff that you're doing there, like a pit special aerobatic session, uh, you get to share stuff like this and make, I suppose, the rest of the aviation community madly jealous. Is that the plan?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I got to fly with a guy called uh, Bruce Bohannon, Who's a a multiple world record holder in the U.S. Um, So tied to altitude records, um, you know, and also speed records in in an (laughs) aircraft that he built himself, which is called uh, Pushy Galore, which has quite an interesting name, and is actually stuck to the wall in the EAA Museum in Oshkosh. Um, but a fantastic guy to fly with um, and it's you know again it's just an opportunity to be able to share that experience with uh, with other people that are keen on aviation.
2: Also on the call with us is James known as Pilot Northern Ireland or Northern Ireland I probably should say James uh, where's your start in aviation?
4: Uh, well my very start on aviation was 14 years ago in, in Dorset in England where I, where I started to learn to fly and I got my private pilot's license and I always wanted to be a commercial pilot and, and be an airline pilot, but actually I'm colorblind, so that's sort of put a bit of a stop on the road in that. And, you know, I went to the CAA and did a lot of tests, and they basically said, nope, you're not going to be a pilot. You know, you're know, you not going to be a commercial pilot. So then I really just wanted to fly as much as I can uh, and get my private pilot's license. And I've got about 150 hours now, and then I moved over to Northern Ireland, and I've been flying here ever since. And much like, you know, um much like Rich and, and Dan have been saying, you know, started on TikTok just trying to find a way of sharing um, my passion for flying with anybody that I can. You know, I've got to find some way of sharing my enjoyment. So I started posting a couple of videos on TikTok. And then with Northern Ireland being the kind of place that it is, you know, everyone knows everyone mm-hmm. and everyone wants to see everything. And you know suddenly started getting a lot of requests, you know, and people saying, oh, I think I saw you flying over my house. And, can you fly over Belfast? Can you fly over Newcastle? And I started posting, you know, videos of loads of different places over the country and it just rocketed, skyrocketed, literally. And it's just been amazing to share that passion with everybody else. And, and there's,
2: there's quite a healthy aviation scene in Northern Ireland as well.
4: Well, I didn't realize how big the aviation scene was. And actually, I've been speaking to a couple other aviation enthusiasts. You know, there's a, there's a Facebook page we have here called Airside NI. And it's just got so much bigger over the last couple of years with people just interested in, in flying and aviation generally that it's amazing, and it's great to be able to share that with people.:
2: And another one of the squawk talk team that's on our call is Mikey McMahon, uh, the Flying Irishman, Mikey. We might as well use your, your title as well. Uh, people around the Midlands will know you, or at least yeah. your family. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, Michael. If I'm Reputation.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Um, yeah, you mentioned my like, dad's name, especially around kind of Tullamore and stuff like that. Every, everyone kind of knows them. And then, mm. especially in the aviation scene in the Midlands um, or mainly Ireland as well, you, you mentioned dad's name and it,
2: it crops up, and yeah, everyone knows him. That means that at some stage you have been on the grass in Clombalogue.
5: I have indeed. I was brought up in uh, Clamble because Dad was chief instructor there for five years. And um, I ended up doing ground crew for them and stuff and working with the Plata porter and doing the fueling and stuff. So that was still fun.
2: And so when did they actually decide to let you have an airplane to fly for yourself?
5: (laughs) Um, So that would have been, I think I was 15. I'll never forget the day my dad asked me. I was in the back of his flex van. And uh, there was snow on the ground. It was freezing. And he said to me, look, I'm going to get you a flying lesson for your birthday. It's going to be 15th birthday. And he said, well, what do you want to fly in? And at the, that time, I was shivering. I said, 3-axis. I want something with cabin heat. That's it. <laughs>
2: and uh, it went from there. Yeah. And, and what <laughs> yeah, are you flying exactly. now? What what can you get yourself in, into these days?
5: Um, so at the moment, I am on Icarus C-42s. Um, but I'm currently upgrading the license to the SSEA. So I'll be looking at kind of Pipers and Cessnas and stuff like that.
2: Uh, Dan, if you you know listening to the, 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 the combined enthusiasm of all the team here, when you decided to put uh, Squawk Talk together, what's the goal? What's the aim?
3: Well, the aim is that um, the aim is that not only you know my followers that follow me, um, but you know James's followers, Mike's followers, and Rich, and and obviously uh, private pilot Nick who uh, couldn't make it tonight. Mm. Uh, the idea behind it is that you know we 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 make sure that. The aviation content gets to all all of the people, you know, amongst um, the sort of team, rather than just our individual accounts, which is obviously going to be a benefit to the people that follow uh, myself and and um, others, and uh, also just trying to sort of have a regular. Uh, get-together, talk about, you know, loosely, uh, not as organised as uh, probably something like yourself, you know, um, with with your podcast, but uh, just loosely have a chat about the current affairs uh, in aviation, but mainly about banter. People love a bit of a laugh uh, on our streams, and I think that that that, that was our main aim, really.
2: I I think, Rich, the case is when, you know, you put a couple of pilots together and and you get with hangar talk, or sometimes actually affectionately known as shite talk, well, that's a different thing altogether. (laughs) I think we can use that word on a podcast. Um, Um, There's also actually a reasonably useful side to it because even in the banter, Rich, there's a bit of teaching and learning going on, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, occasionally we get um, questions come through and we'll try and answer it based on, you know, experience or knowledge. Um, You know, I've just recently completed my flight instructor rating, so, um, you know, I've been answering some questions that relate to... Uh, Revalidation or renewals, which is a hot topic, obviously mm. coming out of COVID, a lot of people um, falling foul of the uh, the time requirements they need to do within the uh, 24 months. Um, so, you know, that that that's it. And obviously, James at the moment is thinking about trying to get his PPL back as well. So, sort of going through the motions there and talking through the regulations, which are ever changing and a real minefield of confusion. So um, certainly trying to uh, enlighten people there is, is very much what we're doing. And actually making sure, yeah. making sure people realize that it is achievable. You know, a lot of time people think that flying is just for the elitist and the people that have got all the money. Mm. Actually, it is very
2: accessible. Well, we have, a, as you say, a couple of micro light flyers on, on this podcast tonight. Um, it has made it much more accessible, hasn't it?
1: It has, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And, um, you know, one of, one of the things that is against me is I'm not built, generally speaking, from microlice, but certainly um, even that, the weight limits are starting to change, and, and again, it's making it more accessible. So I'm actually looking to go and do a checkout and a samarka which is something that I wouldn't have thought I'd be able to do.
2: Um, I was talking recently to one of the uh, show organisers for Bray, in particular with the sort of a bit of excitement that uh, post-pandemic, 2022 should be a great year.
5: Yeah. Um a mate of mine he, he owns a, a TB20 and he just loves to explore. I going back to Clambolo we've we've managed to to this time. My dad we're coming and looking at flying the TB20 across the water and
2: to Clambolo for a few days. James, what's going to be happening? Any air shows planned?
5: No no air shows
4: planned, but just trying to get as far away as I can from Northern from Ireland and fly <laughs> around and see the rest of the world, really. I think, you know, I've seen pretty much everywhere from the sky over Northern Ireland, and I've never really left uh, the island, so, you know, I'd love to get, you know... Well, Scotland's all close enough to you anyway, isn't it? As, having done the conversion to the microlight, suddenly it's a lot more accessible price-wise, you know, in sort of in terms of those costs. You know, I think that's What's opening me up this summer, um, you know, is able to be able to travel so much further. You know, when you're flying or you're renting a, you know, a Cessna 172 or a Piper PA28, you know, you're spending the guts sort of 150, 200 pounds per hour for a trip. You know, you go down. You know, if I fly down to Mikey in a Cessna, it's going to cost me the guts of a thousand pounds return potentially. Whereas for me now to fly in the Icarus, even though I'm renting, it's still only going to cost me, you know, a few hundred pounds. Mm. And if you're owning a, a micro light. It'll cost you £100 pounds because, you know, you, you can, an Icarus C42 burns, you know, 13, 14 litres of fuel an hour. I can fly down to Killarney or something, or County Kerry airport or something, and, and fly back, and I've
2: only spent a hundred pounds. <laughs> the so dearest thing could be the landing planet. fee, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit it's like you know that. these low-cost airlines where your seat costs you more than the fare if you pick your own seat. Yeah, it comes to that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. guys, I suppose you know when you think about uh, the specialty that you bring to the podcast uh, in this episode is your exposure to. Social media. And I suppose one of the mistakes that people make when they start deciding that they're going to put their, their last flight up, you know, they stick the GoPro on the, on the airplane and off they go. There's more to it than that. What do you actually have to do to get those followers and get the, the, the viewers? I Who's think the TikTok?
4: difference between like TikTok and YouTube, you know, we talk a lot about TikTok and YouTube and that the followers and the, the people that are on TikTok are very different sort of, um, demographic and, and they want a different, viewing on TikTok, you know, if, if we were to put a three or four, even a you know, 20 minute video on TikTok, no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Um, you know, the key to TikTok, I think for us and myself, you know, the reason why we've been able to get, you know, thousands of followers on TikTok is because it's, it's something that really interests people. It's something that um, is short, it's snappy, it's easy to view. Um, and just being able to just see something from the sky that they've never seen before.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, and I, I can I can say that uh, one of the biggest differences between the two bigger platforms at the time, and, and Instagram have caught up a little bit, is the fact that. You know, there doesn't seem to be any copyright restrictions around the music, you know, that you put to your videos. Now that was a massive like key because, you know, people are hearing, you know, whether it be Queen that, that were sort of supportive of the uh, TikTok. So they're almost like using it as like a Spotify type platform, you know, mm-hmm. um, as well. And, uh, you know, that really makes a big difference to your video. So you go onto YouTube, you have to produce a, a longer video. You then have to purchase rights for music, etc. But it requires a lot more effort to get, you know, a, a video up on YouTube than it does to get Something on TikTok. And of course, the time differences, like, uh, James has picked up on the time differences. If, if you put, uh, anything more than I'd say a 10 second video on TikTok, then it's, it's probably going to affect your ratings. Now, 10 seconds to get a really punchy, yeah, almost like a sort of a, an intro, um, well, mm-hmm. be an intro on YouTube. It's so much easier to, to get down and, and put it up on TikTok. And that, I think that's what's made it really, um, really accessible. And, mm-hmm. uh, like I probably spent an hour editing a video. And
4: it's got 100 views. My best video that I've ever posted got 4.4 million views within two oh, weeks.
2: Oh, that's a number. Yeah.
4: And I spent about 30 seconds editing that video.
2: So, yep. spontaneity, authenticity are the kind of things that when you, you realize I'm going to have to ask the question then can you make any money from this, which are millions of views? <laughs> Come on, James. When are you buying that C42 of your own? I know. TikTok
4: is probably a bit far further behind than the number of. You know how much they would probably pay out for views compared to YouTube. So I average about half a million views a week on my TikTok. During the summer time back in 2021, it was averaging about 1.5 million a week. And um, during that period, the most I ever made in one month, I had over seven million views. Was about was about yeah six or seven
2: million views. I got thirty pounds. Okay, so uh, if anyone's listening to us, thinking, "Right, this is how I'm going to pay for my for my PPL or my CPL," uh, no, not probably not. So, is this really a a, a passion uh, project? Is this why you do it? Definitely. Yeah, oh, cer- yeah. certainly, 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 passion driven, and uh, I think
3: um, you know, if you think back to early YouTube, this is why I keep you know looking at early YouTube. People were just uploading videos. They weren't looking at monetizing it. It's mm. become obviously over time. It's then become a place where they can earn a living. Um, and I think that TikTok will go the same way in another sort of five years time, you know, where once the accounts matured, once there's actually revenue streams there to be made, then the creators that have already established themselves will then start to, um, yeah, you know, we start to pay dividends for them. But, you know, again, the main focus of this is to literally just share aviation, have a, you know, I mean, just through the relationships now, uh, I know that I can get a free renewal from Rich um, every... Uh, no, I'm only, joking. I'm only joking, Rich, you know. Um, i, I do a rebound for you. There you
2: go. I love it. Uh, I, yeah, it's, so, see, it's so true, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's free flying
3: for me, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, hey, there you go. There, there's
2: the answer to it. The, you, you're you saying the standard equipment for you guys has to be the GoPro or the the the, the camera that you can attach to the aircraft.
5: Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the process at the moment of weighing... Oh, I went to upgrade one of the GoPros, and that's all I use at the moment moment um and the insta 360s have just exploded onto the market uh, mm-hmm. and i'm torn between do i go for an insta 360 or do i stick to the good old, old gopro so it's all down to so what specs are better yeah the, the gopro
1: 360 cameras are a nightmare
3: you see I've, I've got a max i've got the i've got the insta two insta 360 cameras and from that uh having one on the wing one inside the cockpit these 360 cameras are now, you know, two of them are now doing the job of six or seven cameras that you know um, on uh, that, that you traditionally have to have on the uh, on GoPro. But I would say that the the quality is still, you know, if, if you were looking at sort of getting 4K imagery, you know, sort of for an angle shot. When you you start losing that on the 360 cameras at the moment, I think they will get they will get better. I mean, they're great shots when they're
2: zoomed out. Uh, an iPhone feel. What the, our listeners can't or see at the moment is all of these guys waving their equipment at me, which is very unsettling. Lucky you, by the way. Lucky you. Very unsettling. Want to okay. see my 360 equipment? <laughs> let, let, let's let's go for a, let's go for a practical uh, bit of advice from you then. Where do you mount these cameras, and how do you get the audio into them? Of the rt or the intercom <laughs>
4: i only have a phone <laughs> i don't have any gopros um because actually one thing i quite enjoyed through tiktok is doing tiktok lives and actually live streaming mm-hmm. from the plane uh, which is great so normally mm-hmm. i'd have a passenger who would you know hold the phone up and, and and they would manage the the live stream and i have a cable from youtube to get the audio across and it's a very simple headset splitter the Audio out from the from the aircraft splits one it splits into two one going to my headset and then the second going straight into my phone. A very very simple device and you can get them on Amazon for about for about ten pounds and it's fantastic for the live streams and. You know, you easily get six, seven hundred viewers on the live stream, you know, while you're up in the sky. I,
2: I presume that's on the basis that you have a, 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 a good uh, internet connection on your phone uh, for that. Yes. Uh, are are TikTok the- very keen on you, um, living from a moving vehicle? Do they not try and stop you for being a questionable activity well in terms
4: of safety and obviously it's a civil aviation authority is watching or listening i don't do this whilst flying on my own you know i'd always make sure that i've got it's a passenger the passenger's who, job. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I would never yeah. see the comments or maintain that stream i've always got a, a you know a passenger
2: with me it's, who it's, would do that and rich it's a fair point to make isn't it i mean we still have to fly the airplane when we're doing all this
1: it is. I mean, that's, uh, that's our number one priority, obviously, is the safety of the, of the aircraft and anybody that's on board with us. Um, but, you know, obviously it's important that we also share, um, and, you know, record our, uh, adventures that we're doing as well. Um, and it's, you know, making sure that obviously we do that in the safest way possible. So I think we all use mounts, um, you know, so that it removes any distraction from us during flight and, and you set everything up before you go. And I think that, that's the important thing is that you take the time before you do any pre-flight or anything else to get all of the cameras and stuff set up if you're going to do it and make sure that it does not become a distraction
2: for you whilst you're flying. And We'll be back with more after this short break.
5: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host mikey you were going to talk there about mounting the camera or was there something else you had to add
5: so go just saying with the um with the sound and stuff like that um I have a easier, cheaper way of, of what, what I think of myself as easier and cheaper way of doing it. Instead of getting split mounts and everything, I've got a, or split uh, plugs, I've got a one that plugs into the side of the GoPro, and then I just shove it up inside the ear cup. Um, it's a tiny little mic about that big, and one of the clip-on ones, and it, it picks up everything, and nine times, it's only failed once out of the hundred times I've used it. Dan, any yes, advice?
1: I, I use a, I, I was going to say, I use a flight corder cable, which goes straight into the GoPro, but also plugs straight into the audio panel. That's, things, that's um, the that one I have on the flight holder, yeah. I think it's what I, it's cool. Yeah, and yeah. it's also flight got quarter. a 3.5 mil, so you can plug it into a, a smartphone that, that may have a 3.5 yeah. mil. Externally mounting, obviously, you need it signed off by a uh, an engineer, approved. But one that I've been using for best part of 15 years is Ultra Clamp, uh, which are available through Amazon um, and NeverMover or anything else, so... Um, but yeah, I recently did a flight over New York City with uh, a 360 camera strapped underneath the, the, the wing of uh, a PA 32.
2: You're setting me up, I... High- that would scare me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, that, would, well, that would scare me. No, it's not me. That, uh, just anything strapping to the outside, I mean, I'd love to do it. I just. Oh. The, the, well, I thought you meant just flying
1: to- over New York, James. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would be great.
1: You got tie downs on the aircraft. It's the most secure place on the aircraft yeah. to be able
4: to You can fly over New York quite easily. It's quite—I mean, Rich, you, it's a channel for VFR traffic, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? So there's the,
1: there's the Hudson River corridor, and so if you're below a thousand feet, you can you can fly around the Statue of Liberty. I've, I've done it at 500 feet several times, and. Um, there's basically a flow system, so if you're going south you're on the uh, western side of the Hudson River if you're going north, you're on the eastern side of the river, and uh, the two should meet but um, it's all self announcing you've got to look out for helicopters which are absolutely everywhere. if you're over a thousand feet then there's a bit there's, there's less restrictions you're talking to uh, JFK at that point, and they can give you transit so we got to transit uh, across the uh, Central park and then over the top of LaGuardia Airport um,
2: last summer, which was fantastic.
1: I, uh, I mean, one of my friends during the pandemic went and did all three New York airports uh, for Touching Doves, which is just incredible.
2: Uh, that, that was the time you could, and people did the same in Dublin and the, the Lambay Transit yeah. as well because of the, of the lack of traffic. <laughs> Rich, you've actually set up a really nice uh, next part of this chat this evening, and that is what has your use of social media given you access to that you mightn't hear it for done? In other words, have any of you leveraged your, uh, your social media to get into aeroplanes like sharks or other aircraft like that, Mikey? <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, so it was... That- they were friends of my dad's. My dad was the uh, Irish delegate on the European microlife Federation, and at his wedding in 2016, I was introduced to Jackie and Paolo from um, Portugal, and they mentioned the shark, and I was like, oh, "I'd love to do, love to fly that thing." Anyway, life got in the way. Um, fast forward to to the or last year, and I thought I really want to do a vlog on on the shark. Let's let's go and fly the shark. So I contacted Jackie and Paolo. And uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting in the world's fastest microlight and probably the most complex microlight I've ever been in. I find out what it's like to do a 90-degree turn at 162 miles an hour low level to the ground. And we fly the only two sharks in Portugal, wingtip to wingtip for a 200-mile-an-hour flyby. Welcome to episode two of my Portuguese Flying Holiday Vlog series. (laughs)
2: I think that would be called a chancer rating. Yeah, you're you're officially rated as a chancer, but it worked for you. It worked. Of course, it works. You have the
5: gift of the gab. It goes a long way. You know.
2: What about the rest of you, Rich? Apart from flying uh, down over Manhattan, any other things that you've leveraged your your social media for? Uh, um.
1: I don't think I've really leveraged it. I've I've used it to promote what I do as a day job, I guess. But, um, uh, you know, I fly a, a high altitude unmanned system and certainly I've, I've drawn attention to that system and uh, the multiple world records that we broke last year. Tell me more about that. Um, so I, I, I'm i the crew training post holder for a system called Zephyr, which is a high-altitude, long-endurance aircraft. So it's a solar electric uh, aircraft with a 25-metre wingspan and weighs uh, about 70 kilo. Um, and we currently hold the world record for the longest unrefueled flight at 25 days, 23 hours, and 57 minutes. Last year, I also broke the absolute world record for that aircraft type at 76,142
2: feet. Do you know what? With between uh, millions of viewers and world records, squawk seven thousands really moving up in the world, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, you can't get much higher. Like no, that. no. I, I, I'm, a, I'm taking a back seat for the next few minutes. Uh, come uh, on, rescue me, James Dan. Tell me about what have you done in order to uh, that that your 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 notoriety has given you access to.
3: Well, I'm certainly not a celebrity like James is in Northern Ireland, but, um, but I have been offered to, uh, uh last year, um, but it didn't turn out due to the COVID restrictions and stuff. I did get offered with an XREF pilot to fly in the, his L29, privately owned L29, uh, jets. Wow, lovely. And I was gutted because his uh, contracts, because uh, he, he works privately for, for an aviation firm, uh, flying flying these jets and uh, private jets. He's now emigrated to Australia, and he said, "If you ever come <laughs> to Australia, then uh, you know, give us a shout." Then uh, I mean, I'm, I'm almost thinking of booking booking a ticket
2: anyway, you know. But surely, uh, I'm, surely I'm you can leverage a buddy pass off, Mikey. Well, uh, well, <laughs> well actually, that's a good point, Mikey. You can take me anywhere in the world, actually. You know. I love my uh, people. Call your people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if um, when agents start appearing on the scene, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, James, <laughs> they've referred to your celebrity status in Northern Ireland. Have the media been chasing you yet?
4: Well, yes, they have. Um, but I think with, with, this, with, with the size of the country and the you know the people around here, everyone knows everybody. I can't leave the house without getting spotted or so oh. someone coming up to me yeah. or speaking to me. Yeah, I get papped yeah. everywhere I go. You know, you go to the Dundonald ice bowl and boom, you know, you get, you get impacted. And you, the delivery men come to the door with your Amazon deliveries and they're like, Hey, you're, uh, you're James. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Um, you Belfast live did a, did a post on me earlier in the year, but you know, I haven't leveraged anything like Mikey, you know, as we've said, he's the biggest chance to probably exactly <laughs> in his way onto anything and everything. So actually I, I blank, I Mikey has offered uh, to take me, uh, around some of his uh friends and at least see some of his aircraft and maybe I'll have the pleasure of flying with Mikey, but I'm not sure that counts as uh blagging anything if
5: I get to fly with Mikey. Um, just um, tell me with your celebrity status that you've rang up a restaurant and they've said, oh no, 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 but you've gone it's it's James. E James. E James. Yeah. 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 But I'll so what I am go. Yeah. So
4: to use my TikTok following for good, um, I've actually started training for the Belfast Marathon in Ah, May, on the 1st of May. And I thought, well, I've got 54,000 followers on TikTok. Why not use this for something good and raise some money for charity? So the plan is to raise a minimum of £5,500 for the Air Ambulance Northern Ireland, which is how much it costs to run the Air Ambulance every single day. Which is over 2 million pounds a year. So if, you know, if every one of my followers gave me a pound, that's 54,000 pounds. I would be very, very happy with that. So that's my plan anyway for the next, you know, two and a half, three months is is to use my social media following to raise as much money as I can.
2: Well, let's hope that uh, your chat with us on Squawk 7000 does increase that listenership. Let's do a a final question as we come to the end of of our our chat. I just want to go around to each of you and ask you a little bit about the flying. So let me start uh, with Mikey. Why don't you just you're here on the screen with me. Your favourite flight, Mikey?
5: A favourite flight, uh, it would definitely have to be back in 2016 when I brought my little brother Robbie flying. Um, he's got a rare condition called William syndrome and we, there was battles in my house over who was bringing the, the Robbie flying and it turns out on the day I was the only one rated on a C42. It came down to me, so we threw his booster seat from the car into the right-hand seat, strapped him in to the high-powered taxi run-up the runway to make sure he'd be all right, because one of the conditions that he has is, is his hearing is he could hear dog whistles that humans aren't meant to hear, mm. so I didn't want it to hurt his ears, and the other thing is I wanted to make sure he wasn't scared, because it would take a minute to a minute and a half to configure the aircraft to get it back on the ground, and yes. for someone who's terrified that's the longest minute and a half ever and it's going to stick with them and I wanted him to enjoy this because he's my best mate he's he's my favorite person in the world mm. and we we took off and he just absolutely loved it in fact he was <laughs> disappointed when we were going back in the land Happy. And that's where, as well, just tying that in with with, with the social media side, that's where it really started kicking off for me because um, that ended up getting 11.5 million views worldwide, uh, the video. And it was just absolutely amazing to get the awareness for Williams Syndrome out there.
2: These numbers are stunning when you say them. Okay, and for you, final question for you will be your bucket list aircraft or experience.
5: Oh, bucket list aircraft or experience would probably be... Oh, that's a tough one. I'd say the bucket list experience would be that zero G flight, um, that they do. Yeah. Um, and the bucket list aircraft would probably be a, get a, get a beluga.
2: Okay. That's pretty awesome. It's okay. You you noticed that silence there from the other three going. Yes. When's his birthday? Dan, your favorite flight? Uh, so favorite flights,
3: um, Ultimately, it's very similar to Mikey, uh, but but my son, um, he sort of um, he's, he's only five, bless him, he's a, he's a, he's a twin. But uh, my uh, my daughter hates flying. I've tried to get her sort of uh, to, to go, but but my son, uh, the first time that I took him up in the air, and and, and that was fantastic. But the the ultimate favorite is uh, the first land away, where I could actually fly somewhere uh, with him, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and go and have something to eat with him, and then fly back, and that. Um, uh, just just for him to fall asleep on the way back, you know. I mean, uh, that's that's how exciting I am, you know, as a as a as a company. But uh, but just that just that um yeah you know, just that experience of I've always like imagined, you know, what it'd be like to you know have father and son flying an aircraft, and I I, I never had that uh, you know privilege when when I was sort of younger. You know, I'm, I'm first generation pilot.
2: Oh, uh, see, we can see for miles. Yeah.
3: So we're gonna go right over to uh, oh, Auckland Towers. Alton Towers is always very popular for first-time flyers and we go via UTUXTA and, of course, JCB Headquarters.
1: Ah, oh,
2: this is amazing. I see
1: the of You can see
3: it spotted our shadow on the ground, which was pretty cool. So, just to sort of have that, it's something that hopefully will uh lessen for the rest of his life and um and one day hopefully he will get his pilot's license as well
2: you, know? you have sold that so well that's that's a lovely story, Dan. I like that one uh, James,
4: for you probably a little bit more self centered for my favorite flights. <laughs> I was probably a time last summer where I got his own in transit directly over Belfast City airport, and I
2: saw that video you stopping Ryanair's which, departure, yeah. It,
4: where, I, where Ryanair, I delayed Ryanair's okay. departure by right. roughly 20 seconds. They right, did eventually right. take yeah, off okay, yeah. and, and uh, probably had to pay out a lot of compensation for being late. <laughs> um, but no, it was an amazing flight. We were coming uh, cruising up from sort of Porter Ferry up north towards uh Donica D and, and Bangor. And I thought, oh, I'd quite like to go across Belfast City, so I've called up. And uh, traffic control requested zone transit and he said look let me know when you get to donica d we'll see what the traffic's doing you know we'll see and we got to bangor and he said no route direct belfast city airport but keep the speed up there's a ryanair just pushing back i said okay no problem And i'm in a c42 we'll keep the speed up I don't really tend to hear those words in the same sentence as a c42 some cruising along at 80 push it up to about 85 90 knots and I'm cruising out Hollywood towards Belfast City Airport, and it's taxiing onto the runway. And uh, he's told he's told to line up. And, uh, yeah, we're cruising directly down the center line of the runway. I can see the Ryanair sitting on the ground. Uh, I need to wait. He had to wait until I went over. It was surreal. I couldn't believe it. A very accommodating air traffic controller. And I think that's uh, something people you know, general aviation pilots are often worried about is that relationship between pilots and air traffic control and that that oh no I can't go there. That video got I got a lot of grief and a lot of stick from people on TikTok and all why was I flying my mic right there it was the moped of the sky, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And but actually no, you can fly anywhere really. You know, we're, you know, I always fly where I probably shouldn't and regularly make approaches into, you know, Delfast International, and why not?
2: Why not? Exactly. You don't ask, you don't get Bu- Bucket list aircraft yeah. or experience? I would like to own a P-51 Mustang, yeah. and then
4: I'd like to take it flying with Tom Cruise and do a bit <laughs> of dog fighting with Tom Cruise. <laughs> True Top Gun style. You could be my
5: wingman
2: any day. And tonight's <laughs> winning lotto number is... Yeah, okay. Good luck with that one, James. Rich, last word with you, your favourite flight and your bucket list.
1: Um, there, I mean, there are many, but oh, uh, there's one that I would say is probably my most special, um, and the one that sticks with, with me the most is um, one of my close friends. His son had um, terminal cancer, and we wanted to make sure that we did something special for him. So... Um, couple of flying buddies, we got a couple of aircraft sorted out, and we spoke to the wonderful team down at Boltby in Leon, Solent, who arranged for a Spitfire to come and fly formation with us. Um, so I was flying formation in a uh, with them in a Comanche. Um, my friend's lad was in the front seat, and we were able to um, do a fantastic formation and get a nice video for his family. Then we went to uh, the Isle of Wight. Um, after we left the Spitfire behind, went to the beach for the day and then flew around the needles on the way home. Um, unfortunately, the son passed away six months later, but it was, um, it was such a nice special moment that we were all able to get together and really celebrate, um, you know, fantastic life that he had with something so special. And it was, it was, yeah, you know, certainly brings a tear to my eye every time I think about it. Um, for such a special day and, you know, being able to make that, uh, special moment for you more.
2: Well, that's part of the joy of, of, of aviation, isn't it? It's the, it's the pleasure it that it brings it to people so. uh, and the camaraderie to yeah. it as well. And the last question, bucket list airplane or experience? Um, bucket list. Uh, experience would have to be going uh, flying a hawk at low level. Who's going to plug your show on TikTok? Mikey, throw it to you. Go on. Dates, times, when, how do they find you? 8 p.m. every
5: Thursday on TikTok. Squawk talk. Don't miss it. As James put it out there, we are the loose women of the pilot world. <laughs> Insane. The loose Thank women you. of the aviation. Well,
4: <laughs>
5: guys, it's
2: this been a real.
4: conversation has probably this conversation has probably the most civil conversation we have ever had. But
2: I must just say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> really must. That'll get we you invited back, talk. and we, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk in, to you in, after. You. Yeah, we'll talk to you after the uh, Belfast Marathon. Then you can, uh, you know, we, I'll be yeah. there with a the microphone, uh, ca- catching your gasping as you come across well, well, the well, live I, of But I think you were also looking for the you know there's a pilot joke and a marathon joke how do you know somebody's run a marathon they'll tell you how do you know somebody's a <laughs> pilot they'll tell you gentlemen thank you for joining us on squawk 7000 rich james mikey and dan and who's missing tonight uh, private nick. pilot nick private, private, private nick. pilot nick you don't know what you miss private pilot nick we'll put links to all of the guys uh, websites and uh, social media in the program notes for this thanks for joining us on squawk 7000 back next week with more